How are you tonight? <clears throat> Wonderful to be with you on this beautiful evening and worshiping with the people of the Lord, both in this place and also those online. But God. That's the gospel, but God. You know what Calvin said back in the 1500s, 500 years ago? He said many things, but one of the things that I really liked was he said that the church is like a theater. Children like to go to movies. Adults like to go to movies. And Calvin said the church is like a, like a movie theater. Now, movie theaters in his day were different than they are today, but still the same kind of thing. And what he was saying really was that the church is a picture for the world of God and God's things. So we are a picture for the world. In this little church, we are a picture for the world. And of course, God has a bigger picture going on all over the world, in all the lands, lands that are free and lands that are not free. And he's showing the world his picture, a picture of him. Who is God and what is the gospel? Yesterday afternoon we had a matinee here in this very building. When I was a kid I loved to go to matinees. And in our little town in Young, Saskatchewan, we didn't have a theater, but we had a town hall. And on Saturday afternoons, they would show pictures, movie pictures. And we kids loved to go to them. Now, oh, that was almost 80 years ago for me, but I still remember some of those pictures and loving to go to see those pictures. Well, yesterday afternoon, in this very building, we had a picture show. Did you know that? I bet some of you did. Some of you were there. We're here. It was a picture show of God in music. It was Handel's Messiah. And it was beautiful music. Helen was there. I was there. Some of you were there. And we were praising the living God in music. Singing those beautiful songs that Handel had written. A picture show. Well, that's what we are. Each one of us gathered here and all of us together, we are a picture show to the world in one way or another of God. 
and the things of God. But you say, but we're so small. One of my favorite verses in the Old Testament comes from the second last book of the Old Testament. Zechariah 4.10 And it says, Despise not the day of small things. Who said that? Well, Zechariah the prophet said it. But it was really God who said it because Zechariah was preaching the word of the Lord. He told us not to despise the day of small things. What do you and I do? We want big things. But God says, don't despise the little things. He's quite able to do big things too. He's God. He's the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But he tells us not to despise the day of small things. Now, I wonder why he would say that. Just before the New Testament came along, 400 years later, God said that. I think maybe it's because we need to think of God in the small things as well as in the big things, don't you? And what does that do? Well, one of the things it does for me is it takes away a lot of my anxiety. Because I want God to do in a big way His big things and to show in the wars and in everything that's going on in this world that He is God. And He says, I'm doing it. Believe it. Have faith. But I'm in the little things too. I'm in marriages and families. I'm in your marriage and family, and your marriage and family, and yours, and all of our marriages and families. Ah, but you say, you don't know the trouble I've seen. You don't know the trouble I'm in. You don't know my trauma. You don't know my anxiety. You don't know my loneliness. You don't know my fears. You don't know my troubles. Also, you don't know mine. But the Bible says, but God. Remember Joseph way back in Genesis? Joseph said, you my brothers meant it for evil, but God. Then what did he say? But God meant it for good. That's what God said through Joseph. Now before that, were Adam and Eve, our first parents. Our very first parents. And our very first parents sinned against God. So God threw them out, right? No, He didn't. God saved them by His grace, the same as He saves people by His grace in our day. And God spoke to Satan, and He said to Satan himself, to the devil himself, I will put enmity between you and the woman, the church. I will put enmity between you and the woman, 
and between your seed and her seed. Yes, he will bruise, you will bruise his heel, but he will crush your head. Promise. Promise right back at the beginning of Genesis. The promise of the gospel. Satan's head would be crushed by the Lord Jesus Christ, the seed of the woman. Do you believe the promises of God? That's what the Old Testament is full of. If you don't believe the Old Testament, you haven't looked at the promises of God that are fulfilled in the New Testament. It's as clear as that. God promised Jesus Christ at the beginning of Genesis. And when we come to the New Testament, we see His fulfillment in that same Lord Jesus Christ. God is not perplexed by the sins of this world, by the wars in this world, by all the troubles that we might see in politics or whatever it might be, all the ethical problems. God is not perplexed. God is at work through them all, but God. So, the message of the Scripture, but God. So I say, and you say, but what about me? And God says, but God, but God. Yes, we can look at ourselves and our troubles, and we can take those to the Lord. But we do that ten times, and we look at the Lord one time. That won't cut it. So we have all our anxiety and all our trauma and all of our fears and all of our emotions getting upset, getting upset, getting upset. What I've learned is for every one time I look at myself and this world and my circumstances in it is to look at ten times at God. Ten times. Take ten verses of Scripture that you love. And quote them to your own heart and your own mind. And see what that does with your anxiety. See what that does with your trauma. Because with me, it calms me right down. But God is the message for us in 2023. It's the message of Christmas. It's the message that God wants us to get. Children, do you like acrostics? Do you know what an acrostic is? An acrostic is you spell a word, and then what you do is you take each letter of the word, and you make it a word. So, gospel. How do you spell gospel? G-O-S-P-E-L. What does it mean? It means God's only 
Son provides eternal life. Gospel. G-O-S-P-E-L. I do a lot of that with the Bible. A lot of acrostics. Just a simple way of remembering what the Bible is saying. God's only Son provides eternal life. In Galatians chapter 4, Paul is writing to the Galatians, and the Galatians were basically in our day Turkey, that area of the world, and he's saying something very simple and very profound. He's saying that there is a law, In the Bible, God has his laws. He gave them in the beginning of the Old Testament and all the way through the Old Testament. And then in the New Testament. But he's saying, the law is good. The law is good. The Ten Commandments are good. Often we look at the law and we say, oh, oh, the law. Oh, oh, the law. God says, my law is good. So we read in Galatians 4.4, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. So that we might receive adoption as sons, sons and daughters of the living God. And because you were sons, because you were daughters, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son than an heir through God. Here's a little story. And you've probably heard this one before. In the middle of the 1800s, President Abraham Lincoln went to a slave auction. And when he went to the slave auction, so the story goes, there was a little girl that was being sold as a slave. And he began to bid on her. Others bid on her too. They wanted her as a slave. He bid to outbid them. And he outbid them and he won that little girl to himself. And then he said to the little girl, You're free. You're set free. Free from your slavery. She didn't understand what that meant. What do you mean free? It means you can go wherever you want. I bought you back out of slavery, but I bought you to set you free. And she responded, Sir, 
if you've set me free, if you bought me back out of slavery, then what I want is to go with you. It's a little picture of the gospel, isn't it? God's only Son provides eternal life. We have that babe in the manger. When the time was fully come, God has His time. God always has His time. His time always wins. When the time had fully come, the fullness of time, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman. Ordinary way. Born of Mary. Born under the law. He who was the lawmaker put himself under the law so that he could set us free. He was above the law. He made the law. Put himself under the law so that he could set us free. So that we would be what? Adopted into his family. Sons and daughters children of the living God. That's the gospel. That's the gospel message for 2023 as for any age. Do you believe it? You must. Because it sets us free. We are slaves to sin and death and hell. Slaves to the law of God. But the son, that little babe in the manger, who grew to be a man, died on the cruel cross of Calvary, sets us totally free. Each of us who believes in him is now free. Free to do what? Free to follow him. Like that little girl said to Abraham Lincoln, Sir, if you set me free from that horrible bondage of Satan, of slavery, then I want to go with you. And that's what we want. We want to go with Jesus. We want to go with the Savior. But you say, what if I fail? Because we all fail. We follow, but we don't follow. We follow some, but we don't follow all the way we should. We pray, but we don't pray. We don't pray the way we should. What about then? But God. Do you notice what Galatians 4.4 said? But in the fullness of time, God. But God. In the fullness of time, but God. That's what it's about in this world of ours. That's what it's about in the church. If pastors would get that, if elders would get that, if deacons would get that, if Sunday school teachers would get that, if youth leaders would get that, if we all would get that, the trauma and the anxiety, the fears, the loneliness, and whatever else we put in the pot, would be dealt with. 
in our hearts and our minds. And if we don't feel it, we don't go by our feelings, right? Feelings are good. What I like to say is, feelings come in third place. They're like a bronze medal at the Olympics. Okay, first of all, you have a gold medal and a silver medal, right? The gold medal and the silver medal are faith and facts. Faith in Christ, facts of the Bible, feelings come third. Feelings good? Yes. Feelings important? Yes. But they come in third place. They're not good leaders. They're not good gold medals and silver medals. So, but God. And that's the whole message of Scriptures, from Genesis all the way through to the very end of Revelation, is but God. Do you have to feel it? It's nice when we do. I often don't feel it in this world of sin and misery. But God says, it's true whether you feel it or whether you don't feel it. It's truth. As Schaefer said, it's true truth. It's the real truth. You see, the funny thing is that this life is not about us. It's not about you and it's not about me. It's about God. He's had the whole of life in his hands from the beginning. He's never relinquished it. Satan tried to take him off his throne, and he was thrown out of heaven. One single sin. One single sin by the devil, and he was thrown out of heaven. All of his angels that wanted to follow him, thrown out of heaven at the same time. God says, I'm always on the throne. I came down from the throne to deliver you from sin and death and hell. In my Son, my only begotten Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. I then, when He had risen from the dead and ascended into heaven, sent my Holy Spirit to be with you. Why did you and I come tonight? Because the Holy Spirit brought us here. That's why we came. The Holy Spirit is in us and with us and never leaves us and never forsakes us. He's our counselor and our friend here on earth. For instance, in prayer. So now we come to application. How do we put all this together? Well, pray. So what do you do when you pray? What do I do when I pray? We pray our weak prayers. They're always weak prayers. The Lord Jesus is our intercessor in heaven and He takes our weak prayers and He goes before the Father, His Father and ours, and He says, Father, these are the perfect prayers of Your people. He takes our weak prayers and He makes them perfect prayers. In heaven. He's the ascended one. He's sitting on the throne. He's the living God. Well, what about us here on earth? 
That's why God sent the Holy Spirit. God the Father and God the Son sent the Holy Spirit to be here with us. He is here with us. Always. Whether we feel it or whether we don't. And the Holy Spirit then takes our hearts and our minds and the sins and the prayers and everything in us and takes them before the Father, God the Father, and says, just like Jesus does in heaven, He's the intercessor in heaven. The Holy Spirit is the intercessor with us here on earth. You can't get away from Him. Nobody does. He takes our weak prayers from earth and takes them before the Father in heaven. You know what? We cannot lose. We cannot lose as Christians who simply rest in Jesus by simple faith. We cannot lose. And we worship. We gather here like this to worship God. We sing His praises. We pray. We hear His Word preached. We go back to our homes. We enjoy our families and loved ones, friends and so on together. We feast or we don't. And God is with us. The Gospel. God's only Son provides eternal life. You and I are adopted children of God. Amazing. Amazing. It's like that singing of the Messiah. Hallelujah. 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 That's what we sang. King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah. So what do we do? We go and pray. We go and live. We do our jobs. We live in our families, in our marriages. Just as ordinary people. And we have our ups and we have our downs. And God is always God. But God is the message of the Bible. But when the time had fully come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law, that we might become children of God, sons and daughters of the living God. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your book, the Bible, the very Word of God. Thank you for the Lord Jesus, the living Word of God. Thank you that you are God. Thank you that we are your people. And now, Father, we would pray that kingdom prayer that you taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.